How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, a toddler mom, and a serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and giving you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, we are here with Hannah, who is going to give us all the tips and tricks we need to get more productive in our business, which we are always wondering about. So Hannah, I'm so excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your business and how you got started? We'd love to hear all about you. Yeah, so um, first off, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I like was that person who didn't know anything about business, randomly stumbled across the industry and was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> so I'm actually currently studying primary teaching at uni and during that time just wanted something to do on the side. Um, and so I started with like blog and Pinterest management and grew really quickly. Like I went from about three to 27 clients in six months. And through wow. that time, um, learned a lot about productivity. And like I found I was less overwhelmed with 27 clients than I was with three clients. So during that wow. phase, I then started transitioning into becoming a productivity strategist because people just started asking like, how do you manage this? And like, what does your schedule look like? And I just started becoming really passionate about that side of business because I feel like, like you can't outsource time management. So um, yeah, I kind of just started teaching people how to create a schedule basically. I love that. And we need all the help with that because my listeners, a lot of them are a lot of them are parents so that's a Mm full-time job in itself Mm -hmm. but many of them are teaching and running an online business at the same time so we may only have one to two hours a day if that to work on our business so what tips do you have for us when it comes to fighting the overwhelm that we have when we sit down and our to-do list is a mile long yeah for sure I think the first thing is like um understanding why it's a mile long because I think a lot of times we put a lot on our to-do list but it may not even need to be there so um I, I there's four steps the first step is assess so it's like you wouldn't build a house upon a foundation that's falling apart so you've got to assess like what are the tasks I'm currently doing? Are they actually adding to my business or are they adding to the overwhelm? Like you can't eliminate parenthood, but maybe you can eliminate one of the social channels that you're on. So just like assessing what that looks like, assessing um, how long it takes you to do different aspects of your business and creation and all of that kind of thing. So that's the first step. Um, The second step is then plan. So then you want to work out like, okay, I can go 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from like 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Say that's the only time you have because you don't want to like create this crazy schedule that looks like you're going to get a lot done. But in reality, you can't commit to that much time, especially if you're a parent and a teacher and all the things. So it's planning like what realistically does an ideal schedule look like for me right now? And then planning into actually what are you going to do on those different hours that you've allotted. Um, So that's the second step. And then the third step is develop. So developing the systems, the processes, the hires to actually help you fulfill that dream schedule. Um, And then the last one is sustain. So like it's, you know, you can create the schedule, but actually how do you stick to it? And that's just things like um, putting, I guess, productive habits in place that will enable you to show up to your job, show up to your business, show up to your kids without like feeling like you're going to burn out. Right. Oh, that four-step system is so nice and easy to wrap our minds around. Mm. I like the part where you talked about having your systems, your processes, and, and your hires in place. When you go, I'm kind of jumping around here, but when you go to hire or you decide you're ready to hire someone, mm. what's the best way to be sure that you're giving them the right work in the right way and really not yeah. having to kind of hover over that? Sometimes it can be yeah. more work hire someone it's so true and I think like I mean I know for my like my members or audience and that kind of thing um hiring can almost be like a band-aid fix it's like I feel overwhelmed right now and I think I need that task but I don't have the time to do it so I'm just going to hire someone for it and it becomes like a very rushed band-aid fix approach and that's where the problems appear because you haven't like outsourcing for me has been one of the best things I've done, but some hires I've made have been almost worse than original because I rushed it or because I didn't think about it. So to actually prepare for a hire and I guess doing it well is first, I encourage people to do a brain dump of like every single task they do in their business. Once you then have that, you want to assess that list. So first off, you've got to ask yourself, is there anything here that needs to be eliminated? Like, is it, for example, like for me, when I was like um, doing the services and growing that, I noticed I got no leads from Facebook. So I was like, you know what, in this season, I need to drop Facebook. It doesn't mean you need to eliminate it forever. It's just like in this season, it's not worth my time. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is there something you can improve? Like, for example, can you clean up your inbox folder or some of your systems instead of paying uh, like someone to actually do that for you? There's usually a tool that can help manage that. Um, Then once you've done that, then you've actually got the place where, okay, this system is set. Um, Now I need someone to outsource it to. So when you're at that point of outsourcing, you want to go like, what does success look like for this hire that I'm going to make? So for example, if you were like hiring an Instagram manager, right? It's like, okay, success for them looks like 
a hundred new followers a week. I'm just chucking out random numbers here, but like, you know, (laughs) and actually defining success for that role, even if they're an expert in their field, because that will give you data to be like, okay, this hire is working for me right now and it's worth my investment um, and I'm seeing a return on it. And return doesn't always mean like money. It can mean time. Um, But having that like thought process in place and literally those steps can take like a day or a week, but doing them first will actually help you to in my opinion, sustain the hire for a longer period of time because you've done it the right way. That was so, a lot of information. Uh, no, so I'm taking notes over here. I'm jotting everything down. <laughs> I love the idea of defining success because you really, you're right. Sometimes a hire can be more work and yeah. you got to make sure that the hire you're working with is really moving you forward. And getting your systems down seems like it's a key piece of that. You have to have your stuff together before you can hand it off to somebody else. So I like that. You talked a little bit about, uh, you know, sustaining your schedule with productive habits. What are some of your favorite habits? Mm. Um, So one thing that I see is probably one of the biggest, I'm just going to call it a mistake (laughs) and no, like if you do it, it's fine. I'm just bringing it to your attention now (laughs) Um, because I had a real problem with it and it's task switching because what happens is say, for example, um, you are writing an Instagram caption and then all of a sudden you see an email come through that you need to reply to. Then you're writing that email and then you have another product idea. So then you skip to that. So what happens is you're working at like 100% productivity as you're doing that Instagram caption. Then to switch to the email, you then lose, there was a study done on it. I think it's like 20% or something productivity. So now you're answering that email at 80% productivity. Then you switch to the product. Now you're working at like 60%, for example. So the more and more we switch between tasks, We have this like long to-do list and then we get to the end of the day and we were like, wait, what did I even, I did a lot, but (laughs) what was it that I actually got done? So for me, in order to reduce that task switching, um, something I use is like a brain dump list um, or like, I think it's Ashlyn writes, she calls it like a parking lot list. So Essentially, it's like you've got your to-do list, but then you have another piece of paper beside you. And during the day, so you continue to work on the task that you had allotted for that time. So for example, the Instagram caption, right? You finish that task. If you then during that process go, oh, I forgot to send that email or, oh, that's a good idea for a product. I should do that. Instead of then switching to it, You just write it on the piece of paper and get back to what you were doing. Then at the time, like, yeah, it reduces so much time. And then what happens is at the end of my work day, I then like the aim of that is to then be able to chuck that piece of paper in the bin. So if it's like a quick, like sending an email, I'll do it then. Or if it's like a longer thing, I'll reschedule it to 
like a day that I've batched for that particular task, like if it's content and marketing or something like that. So just having that um, and in the beginning, like that time, like that brain dump list was so long. And so I realized like if I had switched to all of those different things, like I would have lost so much time. Um, And I think it's so easy to do if we want to quickly reply to an email or reply to a DM or scroll through Instagram, like it's very easy to do it. Um, But like now after implementing that, I rarely have anything left to put on my parking lot list because I've trained my brain to focus on what I'd set out for the day Um, because like distractions are going to come, like it's impossible to fully eliminate them. But it's just like, how are you going to best manage them in that day? It's so funny because the parking lot term is also a teacher strategy that's really popular. Is yeah. when you're in a training <laughs> or something and something comes up that's off topic, they tell you to put it in the parking lot. So we teach mm-hmm. that and we teach it to our students. And it's yeah. so funny that the, the tool we're giving our students is probably the very tool that can help us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I know when I look up and I have 20 tabs open on my screen yeah. that like I need a parking lot because it's yeah. too much going on. And you're right that I'm bouncing yeah. back and forth and not really giving my attention to something that's going to actually move my business forward. Mm. And you talk a lot about being profit focused. So can you tell us yeah. what that means and all about that? Yeah. So I guess if I was to define it in one sentence, I think the business world teaches you how to be efficient. So like how to get your task list done really quickly. Whereas I want to teach people how to be effective. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not encouraging you to try to get your whole task list, like to-do list done for the day. I'm more asking you, well, what's on that to-do list? Because you could get a heap of stuff done But if your schedule isn't filled up with the right tasks, then it's pointless being productive. (laughs) Like that, like what really is productive and profit focused, it's not just doing things quickly. So I think that's like a huge mindset shift that I try to help people work through um, because there is, yeah, I guess there's a lot of product space um, around the productivity area. Um, and then the other thing is like with a profit focused schedule, I like, I'm not a huge fan of like every single Monday, I'm going to from seven to eight, I'm going to do this. And then from eight to nine, I'm going to do that. And like kind of doing it that way, because I think it doesn't allow you to be flexible. If you get sick or if you, if your kids need you in that day, like it's about having a, the structure in place with a schedule that's going to make you money. But by having that structure, it can allow you to be flexible to go with where the season demands. Like there's that analogy where it's like the motorbike rider is going around the corner and as he's going around the corner or she, um, they lean into the corner and it looks like they're going to fall off the motorbike, but they're actually doing that in it to keep the balance. So it's kind of like whatever the season is demanding of you, being able to lean into that without seeing a direct hit on your profit. That was a long answer. Wow. <laughs> that, that analogy just... I love it. I love analogies. So that was perfect. Mm-hmm. How do we decide then what stays on our to-do list and what goes? What's profit first, you know, profit driven and what's not? 
Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like you've got to make decisions based on data. So not just like how you're feeling or maybe someone record like pretty much if you were to listen to a podcast, like 10 different podcasts, all of a sudden I feel like you would you feel like you need to be on 10 different platforms and doing all these things and like there's a lot of great advice out there but it's actually filtering through your own data and seeing what works so for example if I was like on my content and marketing day if I was doing podcasts and then I was on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and like just listing them makes me feel overwhelmed (laughs) whereas if I look at the data and go okay I've got majority of my clients from Instagram and referrals. So I'm going to really hone in on making sure they're on my to-do list um, and using that data to back you up and also give you the grace and freedom to not feel like you have to do everything. You just have to do where the data is and what the data is showing you. Yes. So where your efforts are paying off is where you should continue to put in your effort. So you mentioned content and marketing day, and I need to know, do you work on certain, are you, you do batching and you work on certain things, certain days? Yeah. And I like, for me, I batch based on type of task rather than like from nine to 12, I'm going to do this from 12 to one, I'm going to do that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so I have one day of the week, like currently I only work two days, so half of one day I do content and marketing and the other half of the day I do what I call like a goal or a dream batch day so like they're the things like for example if I wanted to create a course but hadn't created it yet I do it in that space it's like all the project stuff um and then on the other day half the day I'm doing client work and the other half of the day I'm doing like admin batching so things like Um, you know, following up invoices or having team meetings or going through my analytics and data and just uh, like finances, all of those kind of like miscellaneous admin kind of tasks. So they're the four categories I teach about. Um, And then really it's just putting those categories into when you want to work and what your kind of dream schedule looks like. So what can you tell us the four categories again, just so we can hear them right in order? So admin yeah. batching, marketing. Yeah. So you got admin, content and marketing, offerings. So like client work or products or services. Um, and then I call it a dream batch day, but like your goals or projects. I absolutely love that. I feel like that's a bit of a game changer to think about it like that instead of in terms of the tasks you have to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, you are batching, but see, I get bored with the typical batching strategy where you sit down and you record seven podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. It drives me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I need to have the gratification of seeing something all the way through. Yeah. So I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number one question I'm getting from my Teacher Hustle University members right now because we have this uncertain time in front of us, we're unsure about what's happening from day to day. How yeah. can we keep ourselves motivated to keep working on our businesses when things are uncertain? Mm. I think like something that's helped me is 
like you have, it's probably an analogy here, but uh, your audience is teachers, so they know all the metaphors and things. (laughs) Um, But you have like two circles. So you have a circle of things you can control and a circle of things you can't control. So if I focus on the things I can't control, I will feel more uncertain, more concerned, more anxious about that because I can't do anything for it. So I'm going to put my attention to the things I can control and that is um, what my schedule looks like and what I'm working on. I can control the the goals that I have and maybe I don't hit them but I'm going to work towards them or I can control the thoughts and beliefs that I choose to believe. So it's kind of like focusing in first off on identifying the things that you can control and do something about. And then what helps me is having a focus for that particular season. So like by the end of this month, I want to have a new um, like teaching resource, digital product created. By the end of next month, I want to have a really good Instagram workflow chosen kind of thing. So there's a lot that we can do in this time and during this uncertainty even though there is so much uncertainty, but it's like bringing in certainty through an uncertain time, if that makes sense. (laughs) Totally. And I think as teachers, the control piece is what we really crave. We want to have some sense of control in this time. And I think you're right that going toward what we can control and really working toward a goal a month is a good way to Mm. keep it in check and to Mm. feel like we have some sense of stability or something that we actually can take charge of and like keeping in mind as well like as a teacher you are pro at navigating the uncertain space like you can create a classroom that is like a beautiful environment but you can have that student that just is not going to want to work today and um you know is presenting with some behavioral problems for that day or whatever it is it's like you've been able to navigate that space within your classroom. So like take what you've learned in that and transfer it to business. Like you already have the tools. And I think we like, because it's a new situation, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncertain. But it's also like you've dealt with this kind of stuff before. So yeah, you definitely have the tools within you to handle it. I think we're learning that about ourselves as a group, that we definitely have the tools we need to handle anything that comes our way. If we ever doubted that before, we don't doubt it now. I have one last question for you that doesn't really have to do with what we were talking about, but I know a lot of my listeners are interested in potentially taking on freelancing jobs because it's a nice way to make another stream of income and it's more certain than maybe creating a digital product and having to market that and sell it. What advice do you have for someone who's thinking about potentially taking that on as kind of a side hustle, something they're doing on the side of teaching? Is it possible? How should they get started? Where do they dive in? Yeah, first off, totally possible. Um, Like, I mean, now I'm like, even when I'm on a teaching prac through uni and working full time, I still have 27 clients. So it's very possible to do it. I think there's probably three tips I'd give. The first tip is like really specialize in what is that service going to be. And it may take you some time to work through that, but you want to be the go-to person 
in that niche because that will help you to skyrocket a lot faster because it's like, oh, I need a Pinterest manager. Oh, I'm going to go straight to her because I know she does that. Um, So finding that service and especially if you do have a limited schedule, having a clear like one to two service kind of package offering it will enable you to be a lot more productive because you've got like a clear workflow and similar workflow for each client. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is creating a workflow. So making it like really easy for someone to book you to on like be onboarded and then to actually be able to then like work with you and you having the workflows in place to serve them, whatever that service is. Um, and then the last thing is dial in on a few content and marketing streams. Don't try to be everywhere. Just try to be in like, I would encourage you like choose two places that you're going to use to market yourself. So um, that will help you reduce the overwhelm with like this whole new world of services and freelancing, but enable you to kind of get the clients you need in the beginning. Amazing. That is perfect. I think that's a great three steps. And I love that you echoed what I'm constantly preaching about niche and being the go-to person. I love that. So I know that my listeners are going to want to connect with you, Hannah. Can you tell us a little bit about where they can find you and how they can connect? Yeah. Um, So I love Instagram. So I'm at with Hannah Murphy. Um, And yeah, send me a DM if you need any more help. Um, I love chatting with people in the DMs. And then also my website with Murphy.com. I have a lot more of this topic on my podcast or like a free training I have. Um, Yeah, pretty much I plaster it everywhere on my website. (laughs) Perfect. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting with us and for all of that great advice. I have tons of notes and I can't wait to get a hold of my schedule and really love my schedule. Thanks to you. So thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all 
all feels a little overwhelming, I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you. Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alyssamcdonald.com slash masterclass.